Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 127. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Don't you just wish there was an easier way to count your inventory and send your orders? Well, you are in luck because that system does exist and it's called ChefSheet. And you can start using it today by going to www.chefsheet.com. Get on it. With excitement, <laughs> allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Sharon Ardiana. Did I say that right? I'm... Uh, yeah, me all yes, worked you up. did, Eric. Okay, good. You did. <laughs> uh, we're just laughing about how I'm so bad at pronouncing restaurant names, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to try to get through this, and she's going to help me if I get anything wrong. But uh, go, go for it. Yep. Are you feeling unstoppable today, Sharon? <laughs> I am feeling unstoppable. <laughs> all right. I cannot wait to capture your story and your advice. So uh, let me just give a quick introduction, and then I'll pass it over to you. Uh, graduate. Awesome. Graduate of the restaurant school in Philadelphia, Sharon is the chef proprietor of Giolina and Regazza. How did I I do? Giolina and Regazza. You did great. Giolina and Regazza. Beautiful. Uh, Her restaurants have been featured in the New York Times and the San Francisco, uh, the San Francisco, why am I having trouble being able to? Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) And the San Francisco Chronicle has listed her restaurants in the top 100 four years consecutively, which is so incredible. Uh, Additionally, the Thrillist recognized Regatza as one of the country's top 33 best pizzas in America. Sure. Yeah, this is just an extreme aerial view of who you are and what you've accomplished. Uh, I'm going to pass it over to you now to give us, you know, a full serving of who you are, starting with, um, you know, what was your your mission and your vision of, you know, getting into this industry and what you created in your restaurants? Okay. Well, it's, we're, we're going to go back in time to the 19, the early 1980s. A recent uh, graduate from Penn State in teaching, and there were no jobs. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I was in school, um, I basically always lived in apartments, and I had roommates, and they were always like, oh, my God, you know, this is incredible. You should, you know, you should be a chef. You should cook for a living. So I think that was kind of always in the back of my mind. And one of my friends had moved, one of my ex-roommates had moved to Philadelphia, and she said, uh, Sharon, you know, uh, there, there's a cooking school out here. You should come check it out. So, like I said, there were no teaching jobs. And I was like, well, you know, everybody has to eat. And, you know, I'll go out. And I lived in Pittsburgh at the time. So, you know, I took a little took a little road trip, went to Philadelphia and found this cooking school. And, you know, it doesn't have an exciting name. It's called the <laughs> restaurant school. But it was a smaller school and uh you know, this was really when food was really starting to explode in the early 80s. And I thought, well, you know, everybody has to eat. I love to eat. You know, my family had always had the the Victory Garden, for those of you who don't know, was what they did during wartime to just kind of, you know, grow their own vegetables and things. And my family being Italian-American, you know, they just grew everything. And in a, in a small amount of of land it wasn't like we had acres or anything but we had all kinds of stuff so i was always you know it was never a big thing but it was always very important uh in my life you know food was it's like oh sharon you know go out back and you know pick some cut some lettuce for for the salad tonight and you know go get some tomatoes and uh, it was always something that uh, that was just sort of this natural extension of my family. Mm-hmm. And when I just thought of what I wanted to do, I thought, well, you know, this teaching thing didn't work out, but I love food. You know, let me give this a try, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, when I came back and told my mom I wanted to go to cooking school, I was a reminder of this, and she hates it. And she says to me, well, what do you, what do you want to do that for? You don't know how to cook. You know, and uh, I said, well, actually, I, I kind of do, you know. Uh, I've learned a lot, you know, from your recipes in, in college, and uh, I just kind of took it from there. I lived in Philadelphia for seven years, went from 
cooking school to, you know, working in, in different different jobs and eventually becoming chef. You know, California called, basically. It was just uh, all these things were going on out here, and, you know, this was like the epicenter of everything, and a friend lived out here, and so uh, moved out here and, and kind of started back at the bottom, you know, Philadelphia had kind of moved up and become not a big fish in a small pond, but I, I felt like I was, you know, really kind of in a different stage when I came out here. So yeah. uh, it was a, a real restarting over again. And uh, I worked for a bunch of different people, learned a lot, uh, you know, had, learned a lot from probably some of the, the less fabulous experiences I had. I probably learned more then mm -hmm. than uh, I did from the great ones. But mm -hmm. I, I I worked for a lot of good people, and um, I just really decided at some point, you know, I needed to do this for myself. Mm -hmm. And I dragged my feet on it for a long time. And then in 2007, I got some friend investors together and uh, opened Giolina a little pizzeria restaurant italian restaurant more pizza centric than anything else and um then in 2010 uh due to giolina's success i opened ragazza again pizza centric but with with more things on the menu um i got a bigger oven it's a little bigger space and just i feel very blessed eric i feel like you know both of my restaurants are kind of like lightning in a jar and yeah. people just love them and well i don't want to say i'm living the dream <laughs> but i kind of feel like some days i'm living a dream you know it's it's hard but at the same time it's you know it's what i i love doing well you are doing incredible things chef sharon <laughs> and you sure did show mom because you are getting some great recognition for your ability <laughs> to cook and uh i mean i want to just kind of point out out. You know, you, you have a really unique approach to the, the entity you're taking and you, what you do with your, your locations and how you really pay homage to um, the great women of your life in the past. And that's kind of, um, yeah. I was hoping you would touch on that just because, I mean, you're not selling pizza, but you're selling an experience and almost a tribute to um, the women who help oh. you know, mold your life. And that's really cool. Definitely, definitely. Um, my grandmother lived across the street from us, my dad's mom, and uh, her name is Giolina, mm -hmm. so hence the, the name of the first restaurant. Um, if, if, she had a, if she had a name like Maria, maybe it wouldn't have been named after her but, mm -hmm. uh, because it doesn't really pop that much. But um, it all sort of stems from, again, going back to the childhood of, of eating, uh, of having this this uh, Italian family that just the burpee seed catalog come and my dad would pour over it of what he was going to get, you know, once spring came. Also, the other big component of this, the reason why I have all these pictures, is because my great uncle was a photographer. He had a whole setup in his basement, and he really just chronicled the family. And I was always fascinated as a kid by this big box with these black and white photos. I, I always, I, I would look at them, you know, like several times a year and just be fascinated by the, all this history in my family. And I, I knew I always wanted to do something with them. And once I had the idea for the restaurant, I just felt like I needed to have this touchstone with the family, you know, with my grandmother who lived across the street and and just with my heritage and just how it made me feel, mm -hmm. you know? And I feel like we all have these touchstones in our lives and to be able to present these, I mean, they're huge, big black and white photographs that I have up on the wall in both restaurants. I have a funny one of my grandparents sitting there on the couch, yeah. a historical one of uh, a post, it's, that one's actually a postcard from Pisa with my dad in it. And he's maybe eight years old at the time. He, mm -hmm. you know, he was born over here in the United States, but I guess they went back and, you know, my grandmother like dragged him around yeah. to different places. It's all, but it, yeah, it's all really you know, cool stuff. Yeah. And, you know, and I feel like, you know, just with ragazzo, which means girl in Italian, that was uh, this big photograph, all of aunts and um, other family members in this photo, and they're all standing sideways. They were at this big picnic, and I just was so drawn to that mm -hmm. photo of them. It's just amazing, and I just felt like I need to call it ragazza, which, you know, means girl or girlfriend in Italian, and just do stuff that uh, would really resonate with my customers. And you see it, and you can't help but feel 
feel something. Yeah, you know, and absolutely. Uh, there'll be people in the dining room that are pointing towards it, and you know, my my mom was a great cook. My grandmother was a really good cook. Her mom, my mom's mom, was an amazing cook as well. So I just feel like you know, I, I really need to pay homage to them. Yeah, you know, and it's, create it's, these. Touchstones. It's because of them. They help create who you are today. And if they didn't have that influence oh, on you, uh, you know, these great restaurants wouldn't exist. So it makes 100% complete <laughs> sense. Um, and I, I think what you did is really cool. So I feel like we all know you now. We know your history. We know why you got into the <laughs> industry. And uh, we kind of we can really connect with you. But now it's time to get that motivational inspirational ball rolling. And we're going to do that by having okay. you share a success quote or mantra that you kind of live by every day. So what do you have for us today, Chef Sharon? Oh, well, I, I have one, you know, I, it's, um, I, I'm not much on, on, on the quotes. I think, you know, what I always try to do is, is set the bar really high. And I, I think this, this sort of little thing I've come up with is, is kind of this compass that steers the restaurant in the direction. And this is, this is, the one thing I tell my, my cooks all the time and I tell my servers, um, and it is, would you feed this to your mother on her birthday? <laughs> and the first thing that my cooks always do is, like, look at me like I'm a little crazy and they laugh. But I feel like, you know, I say it again to them, would you feed this to your mother on her birthday? And when you when you really distill that down, it really makes you go to a place. Now, you have to like your mom, mm-hmm. but uh, it takes you to a place where it's like, oh, you know, if this isn't good enough for mom on her birthday, then I don't, no, I'm not going to serve this. Mm. And uh, that really, you know, it, it sets the bar high, um, but at the same time, it, it it's this gut check for people, yeah. you know, and then I'll say like, well, would you want to pay for this? But I think it just sort of, you know, you want to be, you want to be proud of what you do. I think that's the other thing it, it kind of references that, like, you want this to be like your mother would be proud of what you're doing. You yeah, know? I mean, so that's the, that's what we that's what you kind of go by, and, uh, and that, uh, that's my mantra. Think about how that makes you feel when you are able to feed your mom a meal on her birthday. Like, how happy are yeah. you to do that? And that's a yeah. privilege. Yeah, and, you know, there's just so many different you ways. Bring it. Yeah, exactly. There's so many different you ways. You got to bring it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it serves uh, value in so many different ways. That's a really cool quote. And um, is that is that a, an original? Is that a chef Ardiana? Yeah, original? that's mine. That's Karen Ardiana's <laughs> quote. You know, right. like one day I said it to one of my cooks. Well, would you feed this to your mother on her birthday? And I was like, Oh my God, that's bam! <laughs> I came up with a good one. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. I'm feeling motivated, yes. and I'm ready to find out what it is about you if you could narrow it down just to just a few habits or characteristics that you think most contribute to your success i think you know back in the 80s there was this pbs series called growing your own business and it featured you know smith and hawken which was the gardening thing and patagonia and ben and jerry's and i watched that a lot there were some things out of there that really resonated with me very blue collar things because i you know am from from Pittsburgh, and it was things like, you know, taking out the trash. And and that was the one that, that really got me, that was just like, you know, if you're not willing to do this in your restaurant, if you're not willing to show people that, like, you know, you're willing to get your hands dirty and do whatever it takes, then, you know, once you do that, you know, you lead by example. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is one of the things that has really um, – again been this like compassed for me that i don't ask people to do things that i myself wouldn't do mm. and uh i think that you know uh, as, as i've gotten older i've had to delegate more you know i feel that respect is earned you have to earn it it's not something that just because you're the owner that you know people are going to respect you you have to earn it you have to be good good people uh want to be treated well and um I yeah. think the best advice for me as a chef that I ever got was that uh, educate your palate. Go out to eat, uh, taste a bunch of different things, really educate your palate. And that, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, um, and I have lots of stories. But, uh, you know, I, I think you, like I said earlier, I've learned from some of the, mostly from the bad experiences, because it's just like, well, what could I have done better? 
how am I going to learn from this? And how do I want to treat people? How do I want to be treated? Mm -hmm. um, awesome. So that's, that's, that's one thing I think is really, uh, for me, that, and, and these restaurants are personal. That's the other thing. They're mm -hmm. very personal. So I come to my employees in a very personal way. Yeah, you know, and one thing that I think is really important, and you put a lot of emphasis on this, is, you know, ask anybody to do something that you wouldn't do yourself and when they see you going out yeah. there and doing all the dirty work and um seeing that you're you're willing to be right there next to them in the trenches and uh, that just will make them want to serve you so much more because oh, oh it, yeah it's, there's so much yeah. power in that and i think that is like an incredible um thing to take away from this interview and um so i i've got written down here chef um does whatever it takes you know is uh doesn't do anything that she wouldn't do herself is, is great at delegating uh you know it's personal and she educates her palate i mean if you could take one of those if factors and take us to a story. Bring us down to a moment. I want to be standing next to you, feeling like I'm in the story with you. Uh, but bring us into the story <laughs> and tell us where one of these it factors really shone through, Chef, and how it helped you get to that next level or how it helped you overcome something. In 32 years, you want me to discuss <laughs> one, one story. When I was in Philadelphia and it was my first chef job, and I just you know, I, I had to work like 12 hours a day, like six days a week. And it was one of those things where it was like, I was 24 years old and I went into this kitchen that was just really a disaster. And, uh, these guys were, you know, they were like, wow, you know, little, little girl here can do it because they were, they were kind of naysayers about it. And they were just like, they had somebody who was there who, you know, he, he didn't do anything. He just directed the whole time, didn't want to get his hands dirty. And they were just like, wow, she's, she's in it with us. This is, you know, this is the real deal. And these were hardcore Philly guys, you know, mm -hmm. who were like, they weren't impressed with, with too much, you know, and they were going to sling it at you and give you attitude. And, uh, you know, I'd give it back to them. And I would also just like, I'd be there with them. So I yeah. think it's that. You know that really, that really turned it for them. How did and that I, make I you had to feel? Get rid of, like I had to get rid of some people too. You know, I had <laughs> to get rid of some people too, and they were like, "Oh, she's not, she's not afraid of working." You know, yeah. these people aren't working out. Like, she's she's ready to like take this restaurant on her back. So, chef, how did that make you feel when you could see it that these gentlemen were, you know, they could see that you were there with them, working with them, that you meant business and that you were the real deal? Like, how did that make you feel? It, it made me feel just really great, you know, like just very empowered mm -hmm. and, uh, and and really just like I got in their respect. Mm -hmm. You know, it comes, like I said before, it comes down to that. Like, I wasn't, I was going to like be there and do it and like, hey, you know, I'm not asking. I'll take out the trash too. Just watch me. And they're like, wow, you know, it, it, it feels good. It feels good. It builds, it builds a team. You yeah. know, that's the other thing because it's like, you can't right now I'm sitting here talking to you. There are people at both of my restaurants that are making this happen mm -hmm. for me. And you need to acknowledge that there's people prepping things right now for dinner service. And you need to acknowledge that, that like you are not like this, like, you yeah. know, lone wolf out there and all this success is just because of you. Mm -hmm. It's because of the people who work for you, who no. help you make your business a success. How much of your ability to gain that respect and that report do you think contributes to that? I, I think it's huge. Mm -hmm. I think it's huge. You know, for me, everyone, every person that I hire is a puzzle. And you're trying to figure out how to put this, this puzzle together and how it all works and, and to get the best out of them, you have to figure them out. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's really the challenge, you know, mm -hmm. because now as, as you are running your business, you have to manage people. You know, before when I was just a chef, it was just about the food. Mm -hmm. Now it's about everything and it's about managing your business. You have a whole bunch of people that you are responsible for. You are responsible for their paychecks, and you have to make sure you get it right, and you have to look at everything, not mm. just food. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's it's really finding, seeing how that puzzle fits into each each person puzzle 
fits into the bigger picture I love for it. me. Awesome. So now we found out how your ability just to get down there in the trenches and work beside your people helps you get that respect. And it's all about your people and uh, getting them behind you. But now we want to find out a time where you just fell hard on your fanny chef. Um, and you said that it's these bad experiences <laughs> that, you know, you learned from. So what yeah. was one of these bad experiences? Yeah. Like where, where's the pain chef? I want to hear this bad experience <laughs> and what you learned from it. Well, you know, um, there was uh, a, a restaurant here in San Francisco that is, that is no longer, and I'm not even going to name it. And it had, uh, it had gone through a couple different people and they brought me in to like, you know, change things. It was just, financially super strapped Mm -hmm. and i'm just you know i had a a team that was that had some some good things to it but um the the person who was running the show the gm uh who dealt with the investors was just kind of crazy and uh she just she wanted to control me and have me do what you know she wanted to do and i'd contacted a a a person who wrote a column in the San Francisco Chronicle and, uh, you know, she, uh, found out that I did that and, and how dare I do that. And I'm just thinking like, Hey, you know, I want her to come in. I'm doing some different, you know, some riffs on Southern Indian food, doing, using things like these fresh curry leaves. And, you know, this was back in like, Oh, probably 2000, you know? So that was, that was something that was really kind of new and, and, and different. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she just, uh, she didn't like it, you mm-hmm. know, because I had, I had trumped her and she wound up firing me. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it's the only time I've ever been fired. And I was just like, okay, <laughs> you know, um, this is really weird for me. I'm going to take my cookbooks and my other things. And it was this surreal experience. But I, you know, I, I learned that, uh, you know, um, I don't want to work with crazy people (laughs) and that, uh, you know, what I did was the right thing. So I had to contact this person and say, Hey, you know, don't, don't write about this. I'm not here anymore. She's kind of crazy and she fired me. And, uh, that was a, that was a humbling experience. And at the same time wound up being, I think a, a good one because it just kind of showed me that. You know, I did. I, I I don't. There's a certain kind of people I want to work with or for at, at that time. It also just showed me, I think, for my future self, that I didn't want to be a person like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be this like, oh, it's all about me. It's not about you. You know, and that you have to share the spotlight and share the success. And I was just trying to do something that I thought was good for the restaurant. Mm-hmm. So. They have it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great story, and I think you you have some great examples. You give us a lot of you know great takeaways from that. Uh, I have nothing to add. Yeah, I mean that's just a, a, you did you did a great job, Jeff. Uh, I think everyone at home is a little <laughs> bit better after hearing that story. So we have reached the time of the interview where uh, you're just going to drop some big ol' restaurants bombs of knowledge on us. Um, <laughs> it, <laughs> and it's uh, it's meant to be a speed round. Are you ready for this? Okay. All right. Yes. We're yes. going to dive right into it, but we just got to take a moment and okay. uh, thank our sponsors. In the restaurant business, making money and saving money are the same thing. To be unstoppable, you need systems to control your costs. ChefSheet.com is a subscription-based inventory system that will empower your restaurant with the tools you need to reduce your costs by 2-4%. to And for super fast end-of-period inventory counts, use ChefSheet Mobile on all iOS and Android products. ChefSheet makes it possible for you to order, count, and send your orders to any vendor in the world in one step. Truthfully, how well do you know your food and beverage costs? Chef Sheep helps you keep track of all your play costs in real time. Keep track of your vendors too with real-time price tracking of everything you buy. Start using Chef Sheep for free today or upgrade to a premium plan. And if you do upgrade to a premium plan, Chef Sheep will send you a $30 Amazon gift card. Just email them unstoppable at chefsheet.com with your restaurant name. Get on it. All right. The first question I have for you, Chef, is what advice do you have for funding a restaurant? Um, I think you need to retain controlling interest no matter what with this. Uh, I think you have to find people who are 
um, your investors that understand what you want to do and are silent investors as well. Um, you know, there's all sorts of crowdsourcing things, but, you know, you have to do, I think, nowadays a combination of things, mm-hmm. have some investors and also do uh, some crowdsource funding. You said um, maintain a controlling interest. What do you mean by that? You know, if you have investors that are investing money, they want to see a return, um, but you have to have, and this is where, you know, again, having a good attorney mm-hmm. uh, so that your agreement is drawn up correctly and works for you. Mm-hmm. You're going to have control of, of your restaurant mm-hmm. awesome. percentage-wise. Even if you can't put that money into it, if you have some sort of sweat equity that goes into it, um, you want to be able to make those decisions. Cool. But, Great you know, your, your, your attorney can, can tell you much better than I can. Yeah. But you want to you have control of it. All great advice. Get an attorney. Have that uh, maintained, controlled interest and, you know, uh, mm-hmm. split up the yep. places where you get the capital. Great. I love it. So the next question I have for you, Chef, what advice do you have yes. for hiring good people? If you already have some people, you always want to ask them for referrals. Mm. Because if you have someone good in that vein, they're not going to... Then you tell them this. Don't give me some. Give me somebody like you. But if you're initially just hiring people from the very beginning, I would always say, um, you know, if you're opening up a restaurant, you want to hire more people than what you need because there's going to be some attrition. But you also want to go with your gut. You know, when you are talking with people, you're going to get a real sense of them and and mm-hmm. have your questions all like you have here all, you know, lined up so that you can get a sense of them. And, and sometimes you're wrong. Yeah, what's, what's one question wrong, but, you, you, know, you do ask? And you said you have your, your questions lined up. Is there one um, question you that... Know, if, yeah. if, it's, if it's cooks, um, it's like, where do you like to go out to eat? What do you like to eat? You know, what do you cook at home? Are there any cookbooks that really resonate with you? Mm-hmm. For front-of-the-house people, I'd say some of those same questions, you know, because it, it, gives you an, it gives you an idea of what sort of service that they're used to when they go into a restaurant. So you sort of know that, like, well, at least they, they know what it looks like and they know what they like to gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, ask those questions of you have a problem customer, you know, how do you turn this around? And um, you'd be surprised some of the answers you get, you know, and really looking at the resume and asking asking questions about their resume and specifics. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, just because it says they're on paper doesn't really mean that it happened. Mm-hmm. So, Chef, when you find these good people, what do you do to keep them on your team? You know, it goes back to being just really treating them the way that you would like to be treated, creating a work environment that's, that's fun. It's a lot of work, but I truly believe that you should also be having fun while you're doing it and just have a positive attitude and, mm-hmm. and towards them. And, you know, that, that's not to say that at times you have to set the other thing, you have to set good boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, you are the owner. There's certain things that you expect from them. Going out drinking with them is not going to help you at all, you mm-hmm. know, but at the holiday party, you want to be there. You want to make sure that, you know, everybody feels that love. The other thing I do, Eric, is every day when I come in, I say hi to everyone when I enter the building. And when I leave, I make sure that I say goodbye and thank you to everyone. Mm. Because, again, that goes back to right now while I'm sitting here, there's people prepping things. And there's people doing things for my businesses. And they don't have to do that. They could be somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And you have to appreciate that mm-hmm. and recognize that because sometimes a thank you goes so much more than a lot of other things. Yeah, you for know? sure. Absolutely. And, you know, some of the things I'm writing down, positivity, respect, you have fun, um, you have those boundaries. But, you know, when you're a good person and you put out that positive energy, kind of like when you're, you know, you're looking for uh, employees like the ones you have. Um, the power of attraction is basically what I'm, I'm getting at. When, yeah. When you're a good, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. When you're a good person, you have that, you know, that that positivity goes out and it comes back to you. Um, and you, yeah. you 
people that are working for you are good people. They attract good people too. So you want their friends to come work for you. But yeah. um, just like you say, you, know, yeah. you, you reap what you sow. You know, Absolutely. that's what I truly really believe. You reap what you sow. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. And uh, I think so many, one thing I've noticed, so many people, when they, they complain about not being able to find good help, it's usually people who aren't that positive, who are kind of negative or not the great people to work for. And it's like, maybe take a look in the mirror, buddy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. You know, you have to check yourself. You have to be honest. And this is the other thing, you know, it's like the me that started in 1982 is not the, you know, it is the same me, but it's not, you mm-hmm. know, it's, you have to be honest with yourself and see what your strengths and weaknesses mm-hmm. are and, and, and be open to change, mm-hmm. you know, um, awesome. And my style was in '82 was East Coast and argumentative and aggressive, <laughs> and you, because that's what I'd learned from my chef. And uh, you know, it you, it's okay to change. Mm. You know, you have to find yourself. You know, you have to find your stride. And uh, I'm much more comfortable. And that's not to say that I don't get you know mad and upset when when things aren't you know right and when people do some dumb things, but. Um, you know, I I feel like I've learned a lot. I feel like I've learned a lot. I feel like I'm just much calmer and more at, at peace. And just at the end of the day, what I do, it's not brain surgery. It's not heart surgery. We can make people ill, but, you know, hopefully they're not going to die or mm-hmm. anything. But, you know, it, there's there's nothing that anybody is doing in your restaurant that is like, it's not life and death. You know, you have to take some of these things with a grain of salt. And that's not to say that you know, I don't care about my businesses. I don't take them seriously. But you know, you have to you have to look at the at the long play on it. You know, mm-hmm. that it's Absolutely. Uh, for sure up to the future. I am picking up what you're putting down, Chef, and I couldn't agree more. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, one of the things I've learned through doing all these interviews is that uh, one of the reasons why many of my guests are so successful is because they invest in themselves. They are willing to change, like you say. You have to be willing to change, and they do that mm-hmm. by learning. Mm-hmm. And uh, investing in resources like books or uh, other educational mm-hmm. resources. So mm-hmm. what's a book or some resource, like a website maybe, that you love, that you use mm. to kind of embrace that change and to constantly be improving? Well, I have a ton of books, and I just had to do a, a purge when I moved because <laughs> I didn't have enough space. Uh, in New York, Kitchen Arts and Letters, I think that's a fantastic resource uh, for chefs. Um, you know, they have old things, they have new things, um, you know, a, a magazine that I'm not gluten free, my, my restaurant is based on gluten a lot, mm-hmm. but, um, uh, gluten free forever is this, uh, magazine that has just started up and it has a lot of great things in it. You know, it opens up your eyes to be able to see like, you know, where, where this, this, I don't want to say it's not a trend where some people are going because it's like they cannot deal with gluten. Mm-hmm. And so I've really opened up to that. Um, for websites, you know, I just sort of search around, I plonk around, I, I look at the times and all, all that they have all the time. Uh, find the things that are, you know, in your community, in your city that are specific to that. And, and that, that kind of gives you a, a pulse. There's a couple different websites here. Uh, newspaper and um, another eater. There's eater throughout, you know, in all the major cities. Eater SF is, you know, it's a, it gives you an idea of what's going on. Um, electronic stuff, you know, like technology. We use a schedule fly at the restaurant. We use this other app called No Wait. It's oh, kind we'll, of like a, an electronic. <laughs> we'll get into board. that. We'll get into that. We have a question coming okay. for that. Cool. <laughs> All right, okay. awesome. Some great okay. stuff. I just want to re- no, it's okay. You're fine. <laughs> um, we have a New York Times, uh, or sorry, it was a New York Kitchen and Arts, uh, gluten free forever. Kitchen, yeah, Kitchen Arts and Letters. Okay, Kitchen it's Arts. Funny and name. It's been there forever. Um, and I heard today you say the New York Times. New York Times. They have a great, you know, a great food section that you know you can see what's going on, and if if you're living somewhere where you know it's not a big city, you get to see what's What's going on nationally yeah. with trends? And, and then you, uh, also you know, Eater too for the same purpose. Um, great for that. Yeah, 
And yeah. I love how you mentioned the local community stuff. I don't think we do pay attention to pay attention enough to what's happening in our own back doors. And really, that's where it counts. You have to know what's happening, and that's yeah. Those are all opportunities for you to yeah. engage with your community on social platforms and really join the conversation. So it's all good, good, yeah. awesome advice. To see what it see what it needs. Yeah. You know, I, I I really feel that like every neighborhood can have this nice little restaurant that. That, you know, it doesn't have to be super fancy, but you, you do something that resonates with people mm-hmm. and, and you know, hopefully you build it and, and they will come. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I love being able to go a couple blocks, you know, walk <laughs> that, that doing that, just walk to some place mm-hmm. and, and have a nice little dinner, you know, or a nice little meeting place. It's awesome. I love it. Awesome. So let's talk about marketing now. And I mean, I kind of want to go into this question pointing something out. Um, A lot of my past guests, what I've learned is they say, you know, you have to treat yourself and your restaurant as one and market yourself with your Mm -hmm. restaurant. And I feel like Mm -hmm. just from doing my research on what you've created, that's exactly what you're doing because it's you. Like you have these pictures of your history, the women you you looked up to who helped create you. I mean, your restaurant is you. It's literally like... You were, yeah. you were there's so much expression there and i mean what what do you have to say to that yeah you know i, I it's funny you know when i hear the term marketing i kind of have this like oh you know how to how to you have to think of it a little differently a lot of times people think marketing you know placing you know adverts in the local paper or something and you know to market your restaurant but really it's it's you know you being there that vibe that you create in that restaurant is the best marketing tool that you can have. Mm-hmm. It just is. You know, it's word of mouth. Yeah. Uh, I tell my staff, you know, like everybody who walks out the door, I want them when they when they go through that go through the door, when they're leaving, say, Wow, that was really a good restaurant. I want to come back here. I mean that's but, you know, for me, this is rest- – it's a big world out there, Eric. Mm. Everybody does things differently. Everybody has different marketing schemes of, you know, how they, they want to position their restaurant, you know, maybe in the financial district, maybe this or that. Uh, for me, my restaurants are heartfelt. Mm-hmm. And it's my family up on the wall. That's grandma. That's my aunt. My mom looking down on me here. It means something to me. So mm-hmm. that's you know, and I think that's a touchstone that people come back to. So that's kind of my anti-marketing marketing scheme. Mm-hmm. No, I, I love uh, it. But, it's it's which, so true. You know, I I think works. You know, yeah. people get it. I think and, Jeffrey. And sometimes it takes, Jeffrey Summers said it but, really well. He said, uh, and he was a past guest. Um, your best social platform in regards to like social media and marketing is your dining mm-hmm. room floor. And, uh, yep. he, he's well versed yep. on the subject. And I, and I think that's probably the best way yeah. to say it. And yeah. I, didn't, I didn't mean to oh, cut you is. off. Sorry about that. No, 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 you didn't. So Not at all. Is there anything I else? Think you, yeah, I agree. Any, yeah. Is there anything else you want to mention on the topic of marketing? I kind of steered you in this direction. Is there anything that you had, um, intended to talk about? Like I said, I don't <laughs> – it's the funny thing about me. I have the – you know, I don't really have a, a marketing advertised anywhere. I just I, – I, I guess I put it all on the floor in the dining room. Exactly. And um, there's, there's a lot to be said you know, to that, though. It, and like I said, it's a, what I'm doing is not necessarily going to work for somebody else. Yeah. If somebody has, you know – uh, a restaurant down in the financial district, you know, they may they're maybe targeting people who are do trading or yeah. other business people there. You know, is this going to resonate for uh, you know getting people in for cocktails for after hours? Probably well, not. You know, you, know? you make a good um, point though, because I think a lot of people they get kind of distracted with the quote unquote thing marketing, like the things I have to do to market my restaurant, like engaging in social media, which is important, and but. Really, you can't let that get in the way of what you really have to do, which is just providing incredible experiences and take care of your guests. And if you do that, that's the yeah. only one thing that if yeah. you do incredibly well, everything else will kind of fall in place. So, I mean, I think yeah. you are living proof of that. And I don't think we really need to dive any deeper if you, if you don't want to. Uh, <laughs> we can move on. If no, you know, I, I get, Eric, I get, you know, I get like four or five emails a day telling, you know, how, from just from, you know, whomever 
telling me that, you know, oh, we can do gift cards for, you know, we, we Amazon or this or that, you know, wants to do these gift cards and you can, you know, yours is a select restaurant. And it's, it's like, do you, first of all, they send out these, these mass, you know, emails. They don't know who you are. And a lot of people fall into this where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, they love me. Sure, I can do this. Yeah, gift cards, you know, that, oh, uh, so many people don't use their gift cards. This is a great way to, you know, get more money. And in the end, you know, they're taking a piece of that mm -hmm. and you're making less money. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's it's kind of interesting. I'm going to go off a little bit off topic here. Back to that Growing Your Business PBS series. I remember seeing uh, the owner of Patagonia okay. and him talking about how, uh, you know, they had this, like, huge growth one year with all these polypropylene, you know, they call it caproline, the underwear things, mm -hmm. you know, it, it wicks better and all this. And, you know, he's sitting there in a the meeting and everyone's like, oh, you know, we're going to put this much more into this. And he's like, no, I don't want my business to be so solely on this. Mm -hmm. But and everybody else around the table is saying, but hey, you know, this is this is where the growth is. And it's like, he's like, no, it's not. This is this is growth for a couple of years until somebody else jumps in with something else mm -hmm. that's lower price. Mm -hmm. This is not the way I want my business to go. You have to know that. You mm -hmm. have to know, you know, you need to keep your eyes on the prize. Yeah. Because everybody's going to come at you with a new scheme, with a new way to make you money. And it's like, I know how to make me money. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Awesome. Um, yeah, I think it says a lot about you have to have that clarity in who you are and what your purpose is, what your your mission and vision, and, and all those things are so important because of that. Like because when temptation comes, you have to know, you know, what your vision was, and you have to stay true to it. And um, yeah. it's all good stuff. If, if yeah, and if you're like PF Chang, you might want to you know do that because yeah. that's what you know you have a higher visibility. You have this. That might work great for you, but for me, a little, you know, 50-seat restaurant, I don't need your, you know, 8 million, yeah. 2 million, whatever it is you're telling me, customers, because guess what? Then my loyal customers <laughs> that supported me for years aren't going to be able to get in. Yep. I hear you. I love it. All right, cool. So um, you're giving us great advice. Now uh, I cut you off earlier because I wanted to save the information you were dropping on us for this question, which uh, is on the topic yeah. of technology. Yeah. Um, I mean, the industry yeah. is changing so fast, and it's hard for everybody at home to keep up on the, all the new things that are out there. And then on top of that, you know, what works? So based off your experience and what you use, what are some of the new technologies that you are leveraging, whether it's front of house or back of house? And uh, give us a little, a little insight. Well, QuickBooks is, I think, still a great thing. My, I have an accountant, and that's what she, you know, uses everything through. Mm -hmm. That's a great resource for small businesses. Um, we use an app called ScheduleFly. It makes it easier for, uh, you know, in restaurants, people are always switching shifts, and then the person who, you know, switched the shift doesn't show up. Uh, so. Schedule fly, you're able to do it on your phone mm -hmm. and pick up shifts or, you know, put shifts up like, hey, I want to go to the theater on Thursday. Um, those sort of things I think are important. We use at one of the restaurants uh, an app called No Wait mm -hmm. that runs off of an iPad. It's, we don't take reservations. It's first come, first serve. So we're kind of old school about that. But this uh, app kind of uh, works as an electronic clipboard. And what's great is, hey, you know, you want to – you want to go over and go over to the bar and have a drink. This app, when you know you you push, you know, like oh, you're 15 minutes away. You hit a button, it sends a text message to them and says, "Hey, your table's going to be ready in 15 minutes." Mm -hmm. It's things like that that can you know be really great. No, I'm curious. Uh, technology um... that. That's not like tons of money that you have to spend. Yeah, you know. So that's kind of what I was. That's the thing. I was going to ask about that because a lot of people they're shy from making these investments because they don't think they have the money or they can't afford it. Um, and they are an yeah. investment. But I'm curious, in your opinion, what has your return on investment been? Whether it's money or time, like how much more time do you think you have in your day, or how much smoothly do things operate because of these investments? 
Um, you know, again, these are not like I make sure that these aren't huge investments. We're Mm -hmm. talking about, you know, $30 a month, $35 a month for this, $35 a month for that. Um, It's not like it's some big platform where you're paying $500 a month plus every Mm -hmm. reservation that you have. And uh, you really have to look at your business and say, like, do I really need this? Um, These these are small investments that I think just just bring a lot of value for the host to not have to call somebody up. Just hit a button, you're going to be ready in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, over um, schedule fly to be able to for them to just seamlessly uh, you know use their phone and say like, hey, I want to take Wednesday off. Yeah. Um, I think it brings a lot of value. You each person again, each business has to look at these things and see. Like, what's, what am I laying out for these things, and am I getting that back? And I think with these small, just these small investments, I'm, I'm getting it back, you know, triple-fold because yeah. it's making it easier for my staff. Yeah, and, you know? and have, having a scheduling, you, I think you, you just hit it on the nose, uh, what you just said, which is I was about to say, is it makes it easier on your staff. Um, yeah. It's so important that your staff are happy. <laughs> and I've used some of these yeah. scheduling uh, programs like Schedulefy, like Hot Schedules, like ShiftNoter, uh, Luna Desk is another one that's coming out. And what this does is it makes your your team happy. They know what's going on. There's no excuses. They can communicate. Yeah. When you can communicate and everyone can have the big picture, it just relieves so much stress, so much unnecessary yeah. stress. And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it makes people happy at the end of the day, and I think that's really the driving force. You know, we can end on that right there. But g- great yeah. stuff, thank you. So, um, oh, you're welcome. Yeah, the last question I have for you is, um, if you could go back in time, Chef, and go to that <laughs> version of yourself, you're in Philadelphia, you just graduated. Um, what's one piece <laughs> of business advice you could give your past self? Hmm. Slow down. Be good to yourself and stretch more. <laughs> do you do yoga? Um, because it, it, I don't do, I don't, I do it a little bit, but not nearly enough. Um, I, I just think that, um, you know, it's, I'm in it for the long haul, mm-hmm. you know, and I've, I've, I've been doing it for a long time, but it's, uh, you know, you need to be good to yourself mm. and do things that like help help your body mm. because as, all these repetitive things are really they're really hard on it. And it doesn't matter if you're you know a cook or you're sitting there typing out on a computer. Um, you know, you have to take slow down and take that time. And I think right now, you know, technology speeds us up so much that we forget and it saves us so much time yeah but it's like what are we doing with that time Mm -hmm. you know um do things that are good for you Mm. you know get outside and enjoy life i have friends that are chefs that like they are just working all the time and i did that in my youth and you know i missed i missed things i missed my you know things of my nephew's birthdays and things like that and really try to find balance, I guess, is mm-hmm. the other thing I'm saying. You know, mm-hmm. um, we, we in the restaurant industry create a huge impact in, in people's lives in so many ways. But there, like I said before, there's nothing that's like brain surgery here that if it doesn't happen, it, like everything's going to, you know, fall by the wayside. It's, uh, I think people need to take time, time for themselves, I you know, that. and that's the other thing I try to, Make sure my employees have that time for themselves, you know, mm-hmm. for important life events. And I think it all kind of ties back into that power of attraction. I mean, you need to be happy and be positive, and you do that by taking yeah. care of yourself. And if you are taking care of yourself, you're going to attract more happy, positive people. So uh, <laughs> it's all exactly awesome stuff. Yeah, exactly. And, you uh, know, if there's any question I could have asked you, think would have brought more value to this interview? What would it have been? Yeah. Ask yourself a question. <laughs> oh God, I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, just are you happy doing what you're doing? Are you happy doing what you're doing? Yeah, you know, are you happy with like how things are going? Like, what? No, I'm, what ask, is, I'm asking I, I you. Think, are you I, happy doing what you're doing? Yeah, I, I am. I think the one thing that, just like, I think the one thing I, I would ask myself is what. What do you want the future to look like? Okay. 
What do you because want? Because I always to look like? <laughs> I, I wanted I wanted to look, you know, just um, for me. I want to be able to um, orchestrate a little more at this point in time, and really let uh, let my employees shine. You know, mm. let my some of my cooks shine, move up, and and be able to move into higher positions and and uh, and shine. You know, get it. some recognition. There's no better way to wrap up this interview. I think you've given us incredible advice. We are going to wrap it up by having you call somebody out. That's awesome. how I found you. Uh, my the folks <laughs> Tim Tim and Aaron Archuleta. Uh, you know they they called you yes. out, and uh, it's time for you to call somebody else out. Who do you have for us? Okay. Um, my, I, I haven't even contacted her, but I just, she just came to my mind. My good friend, Naomi Crawford, uh, she and her husband own a, uh, mobile pizza unit called Pizza Politana. And I think she would, Naomi and I go way back and I think she would be, um, really a great fit for this. All right, Naomi, look out. I'm coming after you. I'd love to have you on the show. <laughs> And uh, let the folks at home know if they're out in San Francisco and they want to sling some pizzas, how can they connect? Oh, well, this you can... This is your time can, to recruit. <laughs> yes, yes. You can do uh, contact me through uh, email from uh, Gialina Pizzeria. That's spelled G-I-A-L-I-N-A-P-I-Z-Z-E-R-I-A at gmail.com. Right. And that would be the easiest easiest way to get a hold of me. I I always love, you know, I have a teaching background, so I love taking uh, people who uh, you know are blank canvas and uh, teaching them the business. Awesome, I love it. So if you guys want to check out the show notes, head over to www.restaurantunstoppable.com/slash/sharonardiana. You will find the links to. Everything we discussed here on the show, right there in the show notes. Sharon, thank you so much for taking the time and energy Eric, to be a guest. <laughs> it was my pleasure. <laughs> There's a, no questioning, you are unstoppable. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! There you have it. Another episode done in the bags. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Sharon was great. If you can think of anyone as great as Sharon, it's going to be hard, but you can do it. Let me know. Shoot me an email, eric at restaurantunstoppable.com. Tell me who you want to hear from. I will do everything humanly possible to get them on the show. Or just tell me a good idea for an episode. On Authority Thursday, I'll get an expert on the show to uh, discuss that topic. Uh, and don't forget, head over to www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash books, and you can find a list of all the books and resources my guests have recommended on the show. And if you go to restaurantunstoppable slash tools, you will find a list of all the tools and gadgets and things that can make your restaurant run a little bit smoother. So get on it. Hope you guys enjoyed this. Until next time, peace out.